0: Okay, I'm on page number seven, lesson eight quiz. From the word of God, we see the following five examples of his revealed will. So as you may, or may remember, God's will for your life is the theme of lesson eight. Okay, letter A, God's revealed will is that we should be blank and blank. Saved. Saved and soul-conscious. Very good. Yeah, there is a hyphen there. Thank you. I missed the hyphen. Good. Saved and soul-conscious. And who has the verse for that one? Or a verse? Okay, 2 Peter 3.9. Okay. Letter B, that we should be blank and blank apart for service. Sanctified and set apart. Sanctified and set apart. So unless you have this book, what we're going over right now, just hang on because none of this is applicable unless you have this book, okay? Letter C, that we should live a holy and what kind of life? Unto God. Miss Joy? Separated, Okay. And what verses uh, or verse of Scripture did we get for that one? Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let's go back up to B. I forgot to ask about the Scripture for B. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3. All right, thank you. Letter D, that we should what to our biblical authorities? Submit. Submit is the answer. And what is the verse? Yes, 1 Peter 2.13. Letter E, that we should be blank with and grateful with everything God has given us. All of these start with the letter S, if you haven't noticed. That we should be what? Satisfied is correct. And what is the scripture? 1 Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. All right, very good. Number two, God's will, as directed in his word, is the blank for every person. Same for every person. Remember, we're talking about those five things that we just looked at. That part of God's will is the same, no matter who you are no matter what our background is, that's God's will for all of us. Letter three, God has a what kind of plan? Customized. Okay, he has a customized plan for each of our lives. List a verse that explains this principle. Jeremiah 1.5. Very good. Page number eight, number four. The way we can know the plan of God for our life is to what? The will of God. Obey. All right. So, you know, sometimes I've had people talk to me about the will of God. But there was clearly things in their life that they weren't obeying that were already revealed. Revealed. So we can't expect the plan of God to be that much revealed when we're not even willing to obey what God has already revealed in his will. All right. Uh, What verse do we have for that one? Okay, that's one. There may be another one. Psalm 37.4. Okay. Five, God's plan for our life is never blank all at once. Revealed, yes. And there's reasons why. Number six, spiritually, we may not be what? Ready. His plan for us may seem overwhelming. God wants us to trust him for blank day by day. Direction, good. We must wait on the Lord for his perfect timing. Okay. Letter, uh, number seven, there are challenges. Well, I just gave it to you. Huh. There you go. It was already open book. There are challenges and blank of being in the will of God. Benefits, yeah. So it's not all benefits. It's also challenges. But remember, God is with us in those challenging times and letter uh, number eight god will allow this to perfect us suffering so we don't want necessarily to say god take away all my suffering i can't deal with this because god's using that to make us more mature to help us to grow but What we're talking about tonight, in just a few minutes, God, I need your grace to go through this. And his grace is sufficient. List a verse that talks about suffering perfecting us. 1 Peter 2.21. Number nine, obedience to God's will is What? Rewarding. Yeah. List a verse that explains this. Okay, that might be one. I have another one, but there's more than one. First Timothy four eight. Yep. <laughs> Number ten, lastly, as we focus on this about God's will. obeying God's will, revealed will in his word, he is free to this, his plan in our individual lives, develop. Okay, very good. So again, when we're done with this teaching uh, on grace, if you did all of the eight books, I know it was kind of chopped up because not having class, but if you did all of that, I would like to give you a certificate because you've worked for that. And so please let me know at the end of this lesson. Okay, so now we're going to level three, book one. Level three, book one, speaking about the subject of grace. Go ahead and open that up and turn to page number two. And uh, we can go in our Bibles. I know the verse is written out, but go in your Bibles to the very first book, Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. Grace, the, 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 the booklet says, is like a finely cut diamond. It has many facets or sides. So when you think about grace, it's not just this round ball right and you you look at a round ball it only doesn't have any it only has one i guess side i don't know if it even has a side but grace isn't to be looked at like that each side of grace reflects a special way that god helps us to grow in our christian life grace is a beautiful thing when god it is a beautiful thing when god expresses this favor which is what grace is In our lives for his benefit we are saved by grace okay don't never forget that that goes back to lesson one right green the green books we are saved by grace uh, Ephesians 2 8 and 9 but not only that we grow by grace without God's grace we're not going to grow as a Christian it's impossible. As we learn how to obtain more grace, we will be more Christ-like. I was driving home today listening to Unshackled. How many of you know about Unshackled, the radio program? If you don't know about Unshackled, you can find it online. Unshackled, it's a part of the ministry of Pacific Garden Mission in Chicago, Illinois. And they have, I think, 3,000 broadcasts plus now. And it's an amazing program if you've never listened to it. Uh, I think it's on at 1 o'clock on Sundays, maybe, or it ends at 1 o'clock, maybe from 1230 to 1 on Cary Radio. Anyway, uh, it was at the end of that episode today, and the, the story, I won't go into all that for time's sake, but the man that was telling or a part of his life story, he was saying that my wife and I's desire was that we would be more like Christ. And I just... You know I was listening to that you know kind of meditating on this morning and but listening to that program and it just kind of again reminded me you know what are we as a Christian you know are we looking are we acting are we speaking more like Christ that should be the what's happening and the only way that's gonna happen is by God's grace so first question what is grace What is grace? Grace is God's unmerited or undeserved favor. Let's see what it says in Genesis 6, 8. You found that by now. And it's not a very long verse. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the first time we see the word in the Bible. And I think most of us know a little bit about that story, that the world was a mess but there was Noah and a preacher of righteousness and God used him to even show grace to a wicked world that ark was an opportunity for them to have unmerited and undeserved favor I remember learning this definition of grace grace is God's kindness to us when we deserve punishment. I don't remember where I learned that at. Maybe it was in grade school, maybe it was in Sunday school. Grace is God's kindness to us when we deserve punishment. So the only reason I'm, I have any way of going to heaven is by grace. <laughs> That's God's kindness to me when I don't deserve heaven, I actually deserve hell. So it is the mercy of God that I don't get what I deserve. It's the grace of God that I get what I don't deserve. Romans 3:24, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That we, that's what we were just speaking of. That salvation, that justification uh, is by the grace of God. Ephesians 2:7, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of His grace, in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. We cannot earn it. It is a gift from God. We are to not only be reminded of being saved by grace, but also living the Christian life by grace. So, number one, it is unmerited and undeserved favor from God. Let's go to Romans 5. This is something that we, we need on a regular basis. Grace. There's not a day that goes by that, honestly, that we don't need grace. The second definition of grace is the supernatural help of God. We have no idea what a day holds. And whether it holds a tragedy or whether it just holds a regular day, We need God's supernatural grace. Sometimes we're going to need it more than others, of course. But the Bible says in Romans 5.20, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Thank God for the much more abounding grace in our life. And by the way, it's it's never it's never weakened, and it never will weaken. Top of page uh, three, Acts 4:33. Acts 4:33. Maybe I'll get one of you to read that one for us as loud as possible. Acts 4:33. Amen. Thank you. I like that. I've always loved that. I actually have an underlined in this Bible. I have great power and great grace underlined in that verse. It wasn't just grace, it was great grace. It's emphatic there, emphasized, highlighted in our mind. Notice what they were doing. They gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. That's what we talked about last Wednesday night. It's my responsibility. And so, great grace. I'm thankful for that. Let's be thankful for that. Let's turn over. I know we are. Let's turn over to Jeremiah 31. At the same time, saith the Lord, will I be the God of all the families of Israel? And they shall be my people. Thus saith the Lord, the people which were left of the sword found grace in the wilderness. Even Israel, when I went to cause him to rest. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. God's kindness has been expressed to you and been expressed to me as a result of God's love. Kindness from God is not a result of our performance. He's kind and loving regardless. So it wasn't that the nation of Israel deserved this, but because of grace and his kindness, he gave that to him anyway because that's just who God is. And as we're thinking about the grace that God um, has given to us, let's not think of it as just something that we're taking in all the time. God's grace has been given to me, not just for me to have it and put it in my pocket and carry it around and say, hey, look what I've got. I've got God's grace. No, it's meant for me to have it, to be thankful for it, to glean from it, but then to give it on, pass it on. In other words, I want to extend grace to others. This is what, it, this is what becoming Christ-like means. See, God was graceful regardless of the performance of Israel, And he's graceful to you and to me. Remember what we said about it's undeserved favor? And I know that we've all had people in our life, and we've probably been been that person towards somebody else, where we didn't want to give them any favor, undeserved, deserved, or anything. It just wasn't happening. But grace is when we give that favor to someone, regardless of whether or not they deserve it or not. Why? Because it's something that God has given us. God has been graceful to me. God has been graceful to you. And again, this is what it means to be Christ-like. It's kind of like that, I'm offended, now what? Okay, we give grace. And um, let's move on. Number, Number next, how does grace help us? Okay, first one, we've already pretty much covered this one, but let's have somebody read Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. So how does grace help us? Number one, by grace, we are saved. And if somebody could read those two verses, please. Thank you. Grace, as the note says, works together with the faith God gave to each of us. Don't miss that statement. Grace works together with the faith that God gave to each of us. So they go hand in hand. And they're both from God. That's beautiful. So by grace we are saved. Let's turn over to Titus chapter 2. This is a good, this is a really good admonition right here. What? How does grace help us? Number one, we are saved by grace. So if you're not saved, if you don't know Christ as Savior, this is the way you are saved. You are saved by grace through faith. Number two, though, after we get saved, grace, as it says, builds a classroom in my heart. It's building a classroom. You can't see it, you can't feel it maybe, but it's there. Let's see what Titus writes in chapter 2, verse number 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. That's an important word you might want to consider uh, circling, all men. I believe the gospel is for all men, (laughs) all mankind, okay? Not just a select few. It's appeared to all men. But notice verse 12. Teaching us. What is teaching us? That connects back to verse 11. So grace. Okay? So it saves us, but now that doesn't end. Grace isn't done. Grace is still working. It's setting up a classroom in my heart, and it's teaching me. It's teaching you to do something. What is it teaching us to do? God's word said to deny ungodliness. Okay, so when I got saved and when you got saved, there was probably a lot of things in our life. You know, it, it depends. Some people got saved really young. They were still ungodly and needed to be, needed to be saved too. Some people when I got saved, we, we were having, there was some conversation going on. I won't give names, uh, but there was some conversation going on in my office today after church, uh, sharing testimonies. It was wonderful. I was laying upside down on this machine, listening to men sharing testimonies, and it was really good. But it was by the grace of God these men were sharing their testimonies and they were saying how when they got saved, you know, this and that. And then when God saved them, I mean, it was, there was a transfer. That's what this is talking about here in Titus chapter 2. Just because somebody gets saved without grace, I mean, back up. Somebody gets saved by grace, they still need grace to change. I still need grace to change. Here's what it says this is really beautiful timing it says that it will help me it will teach me how about denying ungodliness it will teach me about worldly lust lust there is the word another word for it is desire if you got saved later in life you would probably had a lot of worldly desires naturally right we we said that this morning sin comes naturally you know living for god doesn't come naturally Living for God comes supernaturally through the grace of God after we're saved. But it it teaches us to deny, deny, deny. It teaches us to say no to that whatever it is. Uh, Maybe it's an entertainment of some kind or or whatever. Maybe it's even a friendship denying that thing. We should live soberly. Hey, that's the word of the day, I I guess, right? right? Be sober. (laughs) Here we're hearing it again. We should live soberly. What, what, what does it mean? Remember? Clear-minded. How do we live clear-minded? By grace. We can't just get up and say, okay, I'm going to live clear-minded, I'm going to live clear-minded, I'm going to live clear-minded, you know, like, like, like the you know, little engine that could. I think I, think I, I can, think I, I think I, can, think I, I, can, think I, I think can, I think I can. No, we need God's grace. God, I'm having trouble with my mind. I need your grace to help me to have a clear mind to stop wanting the things of this world, it it can come out of nowhere, can't it? The desire for something that we have no business desiring can come, as they say, it can come out of left field. Boom, it's just right there. We should live soberly, righteously. That's That's a simple explanation. Doing right. How do we do right when we're saved? By the grace of God. And godly. But notice what it's, I like, this last prepositional statement. In this present world. It's impossible to live for God in 2023. Look how wicked this world is. It's always been wicked. The world has always been wicked, whether it was in Paul's day or our day. And every day in between. You and I, we can live righteously. Righteously. We can live holy. We can live uh, soberly. We can live godly. How? By the grace of God. By the grace of God. Grace sets up a classroom in our heart. Top of page four, number three. Grace strengthens us in times of trial. Grace strengthens us in times of trial. Can someone read that verse? 2 Corinthians 12, 9. We are just talking about that. Thank you. You know, when a tra- trial comes, we shouldn't ask God to remove it. That's what it says right here. I will actually glory in it. That's not easy. But what do we have? We have God's grace. There are several things listed here. Maybe you could look at these, and you could say, yes, I've experienced all six if that's the case, then I can tell you that all every time you've experienced one of these, I can tell you that God has been faithful, and God's grace is sufficient. Because we have the power of God's grace in our life, we don't have to allow these events to control us. Boy, that, you might want to underline that. So many times, these six things are controlling us, when it should be the grace of God that is controlling us. It's all we think about, right? These six, one of these six things, you know. But no, we shouldn't be clear-minded. We should be clear-minded. And instead, we should be using our, our thoughts about the grace of God. You know, God is so good to me. Yes, all of this is over here, but God is so good to me. Think about those things, like Philippians 4.8 tells us. Because we have the power of God's grace in our life, we don't have to allow events to control us. Without God's grace, our trials would overwhelm us. Our trials would overwhelm us. Okay, so that leads us to the last of the questions. How can we get grace from God? Okay, how do we get grace from God? Probably you remember some of these verses of Scripture. Let's look them up. 1 Peter 5.5. And somebody wants to read that, please? That would be great. Thank you. Somebody want to read verse 6? If you've got it, Brother Kevin, go ahead. Thank you. And again, we're going right into our scripture from earlier today. Right into our scripture from earlier today. So one way that we get grace from God is... To be humble. He gives grace to the humble. Turn back to James 4. Somebody wants to read James 4 6. Okay, it's very clear then that if we need grace, we need humility. Humility is the key to grace. Humility is a proper, as it says there, a proper way of viewing oneself. It doesn't mean that we view ourselves as being the lowest of the low. Okay, that's not humility, that's false humility. Okay, okay. But we do know that most people don't struggle with that one. Most people struggle with the other one, which is lifting ourselves up, as it says here um, back in our other test, a text, of exalting ourselves. So that is, a, that is a sure way of lacking the grace of God to live the Christian life is if I am prideful. Pride is a sure way of God's grace being, the flow of God's grace being limited into my daily life. So how do we get God's grace? Humility, humility. Secondly, let's go to Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4. Yes, God knows what you need, and God knows what I need. Honestly, we could say that about everything, right? Why do we pray, you know? God already knows anyway. That's not the lesson tonight, but there's a lot of reasons why we covered those earlier. So let's keep going here. Hebrews four, sixteen. It's one of those famous lettuce verses in the Bible. Get your salad bowl ready. We've got several of these. We're not going to go to the rest of them for time. But there's several lettuce verses in the Bible. We all need greens. My wife told me that the other day in a nice way. I don't think I had very many greens that day. So we've got to get our greens in us. Well, this is some green here in the Bible. I hope you get that. Let us therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we're guaranteed something. Now, I like guarantees. How about you? Here's the guarantee if we come boldly and humbly to the throne in prayer, we're gonna find grace. It's gonna be there every time without fail, because God never fails. Titus chapter 1, verse 2 says, God cannot lie. So he's telling us that we need grace. Go to the throne. Ask for it. Ask for it. Knowing our needs, God encourages us to ask him for help. So grace, how do we get it? Humility. How do we get it? Ask him for it. Number three, Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one. Grace, God's unmerited favor, God's undeserved favor. God's kindness to us when we deserve punishment. Grace, salvation, but also living grace for the Christian life. Second Peter one, two. Somebody read that one, please. Second Peter one. Two. Thank you. Multiplied. How many of you know? Okay, so we just had our we just had our salad class. So we had, you know, food class. How many of you know in math that in multiplication you get numbers higher quicker? How many of you know that? Yeah, I love multiplication. Added, addition, and all that stuff. I don't even really like division. I just like multiplication. Let's just go. Well, God says right here, there's a secret. The secret is if we want things to multiply, if we want grace to multiply, not add, but multiply, it centers around our knowledge Of God how do we know more about God there's only one place God's Word so if we want our if we want our the grace of God to grow 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 then we got to read your Bible pray every day and God's grace will grow 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 it's right there isn't that a great verse through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord I'm so glad that God did not just go and hide somewhere and say, I hope you can find me. God loves us. God loves even those who do not love him. And yet he's revealed himself time and time again. And he's telling us as a believer here, you can have multiplied grace. You can have multiplied peace even. I know we're not talking about peace tonight, but it's right there too. Maybe you need that. Okay. Multiplied peace and multiplied grace come from one source. Knowing God in his word. Knowing God in his word. Mm. Well, that's a good verse to just kind of meditate on. 2 Peter 3.18 is listed there. But grow in uh, grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When we invest time studying and knowing the Bible, God's grace is multiplied in our life. This means that as we study the Bible, God is able to give us the help we need at a faster rate. How about that? So, you know, honestly, the grace ball is in my court. And the grace ball is in your court. We can ask for it, go to the throne. We can study the Bible and we'll Will It'll multiply, because we'll know God in a greater way, and and humility. So it's really up to us. God working through us. Okay. Further understanding of grace. Number one, grace does not void my duty to obey God's commandments. Okay? There, there, There is some teaching even today of this this way of grace that we can just live however we want, because of God's grace. Um, I don't think that's the way the way grace is laid out in the scriptures. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Rome, uh, that's Matthew 5.17. Let's go to Romans 6.15. I'm at the bottom of page 5. We're going to read Romans 6.1. You might want to jot that verse down too in your notebook. Romans 6, one. So let's start at verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Let's all read the first two words of verse 2. Are you ready? Ready? Here we go. God forbid. In other words, (laughs) no. We don't go out and live like the world so that grace can increase. That's not not what grace is for. It doesn't give me the freedom to sin. It empowers me to say yes to God's law. It's the exact opposite. Look at verse 15, please. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. The grace of God, I like what the, the book says here, the grace of God and the commandments of God work together. They're in harmony. Kind of like, a, you know, you've heard a four-part harmony, maybe a men's quartet, beautiful four-part harmony. I don't know how to do that, but some of you men do. There's, you know, there's, that's just a beautiful sound, right? The grace of God and the commandments of God are not in conflict. They are in harmony. Top of page six, just about done. We kind of covered this already, but just we'll just go over it quickly. Grace can be limited in my life. We've already covered this. Pride limits grace. God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Some other things. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Please. Oh, be thankful for the grace of God tonight. Here's a big one that that we can struggle with. We're not careful. And when we're in the middle of this, the grace is, is coming down. Hebrews 12, 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. How does this happen? Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. So bitterness limits grace. And then one more, Ephesians four. Ephesians 4, verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister what? Grace unto the hearers. So, corrupt communication is not graceful. Verse 30 And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one toward another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So these are some areas where if we're, if we're battling this right now and we're unwilling to yield, then we're limiting God's grace. It doesn't mean we're not saved. It doesn't mean we're losing our salvation. But what it does mean is that God's grace is limited in our life when it comes to living the victorious Christian life so again grace goes far beyond getting saved but that's where it begins and uh, I really like that part about the multiplicate the multiplication of grace if I can say the word <laughs> comes by my getting into the Word of God so maybe you think that your grace level is a little low well it's not God's problem God's got plenty of grace Maybe tonight's lesson, or I pray that tonight's lesson will have encouraged us and challenged us about one of those verses.